everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Joel Schobert. Hello, everybody. Petra Manos. Hey, how are you going? I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. Um, I've been putting on these online conferences, so go check them out, devchat.tv slash conferences. And uh, yeah, this week we're going to talk about working from home since everybody seems to be suddenly working from home. This episode is sponsored by Cloudways. If you're running a business, then you need a website and your website needs to be up 24-7. You probably want support. I mean, let's face it, cloud hosting is a pain in the butt. And if you're really looking for a solution, you probably want something that will support WordPress or Magento or something that you can build up on your own without having to be an expert in running all of this stuff. So why not go with a solution that will provide all of this with 24-7 support, high availability, and will run your website with high performance and reliability. This is why I recommend that you check out Cloudways. Go check out Cloudways at cloudways.com. Use the promo code DEVCHAT for 30% off for three months on all plans. Uh, I'm kind of curious with both of you, how long have you been working from home? Well, I've been working from home since I started this business, which was a bit over three years ago. Prior to that, I'd been working in corporate, so I'd never worked from home before. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely found it to be a challenge at first because I actually had a infant at home mm -hmm. and having an infant and working don't really mix. <laughs> and I know there's actually a lot of people now that are trying to do the same. They're working from home with an infant. And I must admit that it does get better if the infant isn't there. <laughs> so I don't recommend working with infants. <laughs> but um, yeah, so when I first started, I, I did have an infant and, um, but now I don't. So I've been working from home for about three and a half years and I've tried different, different rooms in the house. I know some people work from their cupboard. I don't recommend that, <laughs> but you need to have a space that you feel you feel is yours, I think, mm -hmm. so that then you you own that space and it feels a bit like your own office. Yep. How about you, Joel? How, how long have you been working from home? Well, probably when I first started doing freelance work, which would have been um, 97. And that was interesting because it was so many changes all at one time. It was partly the change of being a freelancer and partly the change of just not being in the office every day. So there was a lot going on kind of all at one time, but you know, a lot of it was just getting the space set up. And for me, because uh, I needed kind of have some downtime and stuff, having a space that was separate from where I spent the rest of the time during the day. So I wasn't kind of looking at work all the time. That was, that was really important at the start for me to get that set up. Right. Yeah. I started working from home. It was my last full-time job. So it was what, 2007. Um, might have been 2008. Uh, I got, I, I worked from home like one day a week. We kind of worked that out. And then, yeah, when, when I got laid off from that job and went full-time freelance, then I was working from home full-time. Um, I guess not full-time because my first client, I was actually going into their office like every third day or something because they were a local company. But yeah, so uh, it's been 13 years, give or take. So um, yeah. So Petra, you were, you were handing out advice and so was Joel, right? And everybody kind of said, have your own space where you can work. Um, I've talked to a few people that are like, well, I'm working at my kitchen table. 
the only ones that are really making that work that I've talked to don't have kids, right? It's my husband's working in the other room or my wife's working in the other room and I'm working in here. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> the last thing that I want to be doing while working is looking at a pile of my kids' dishes. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, that right? is not going to help me concentrate at all. <laughs> but I was just actually going to say about you popping into your client's um, office every third day. Since I have been working from home, even though a lot of my clients have been local, I've almost been... The introvert in me has almost been resenting the the clients that want me to come and visit them in person. <laughs> Although probably after all this coronavirus stuff, I'll appreciate that again. But I certainly went into a phase of, hey, I'm comfortable here. I'm getting work done because I'm not having to drive around the place. And just jumping on a Zoom meeting felt really comfortable because I could speak to someone on Zoom get off and then get straight back to work. I don't have to get into a car. I don't have to find parking. It was actually really good. I appreciate that rather than going into people's offices. Yeah. The, besides that one client, most of the rest of my clients that had any kind of physical presence that was anywhere near me, um, I had one that he would, he would travel here periodically because he had kids here. So the way that that wound up working out was when he was in town, he'd give me a call. We'd go meet for lunch. I did not mind him buying me lunch, right? <laughs> but yeah, for the, re for the most of the rest of it, yeah, it just worked out fine um, working from home. But I did have to track hours and things like that because at the time I was billing hourly. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that was definitely a thing where it was like, okay, I spent so many hours on it today. And if I had a subcontractor, I had to bill that time too. So, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that is one issue with working from home. It can be really tempting to just sneak off into the office because you know that your to-do list is pretty long and oh, I'll just get a little bit more done. And I mentioned that I had an infant when I first started working from home. Well, part of the way that I was building my business then to get around the fact that I was being interrupted during the day was after um, putting out of bed, I would log in at night and then work at night. And I'm someone that gets insomnia. So that really messed with my sleeping. Oh, because, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now I found that uh, I would, I'd work from like eight until two in the morning, obviously. And then, um, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get to sleep and I'd be tossing and turning. And obviously if you're looking at your screen late at night, it just messes with your melatonin and, and all of that. So I, I really do not recommend that. I was pretty groggy for a while before I worked out that that wasn't going to be working long-term and I quickly canceled doing that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But even, I but even just uh, working from say, let's say you put the kids to bed and you're, you're working from say eight until 10, that can still really screw up your get, being able to get to sleep and you can still toss and turn for an hour or two after just doing that. So it's not a great idea to be sneaking back into the office and, or, or willingly going into the office and, um, and working in the evenings if you can, if you can help it. Yeah. I've like, I've never had like long-term issues with insomnia, but if I wind up staying up, extremely late, you know, one, two, three in the morning, 
then yeah, it does throw my sleep schedule off for the next few days. So I usually hold off on that unless it's, you know, something's going to burn to the ground if I don't. Yeah, it can be really surprising how uh, how much freedom you have and how you actually have to kind of plan for it. Yeah, but that said, I mean, the, the flip side also of having that dedicated space so you don't get sidetracked into work is having a room with a door that shuts. And in my case, locks, right? Because my wife's here too. So, you know, she'll keep the kids out of my hair. But I mean, there are times when I leave the door unlocked, my four-year-old just wanders in and, hi, daddy, what do you do it? Right. And so then I have to just be mindful of that. And, you know, I, I have to get back into the groove when I'm, you know, anyway, it's, it's a real hassle that way too. And so just paying attention to that is, is, is helpful. Cause then I have, I have a space where it's like, look, when daddy's in here, he's working. Right. Yeah. That's a good idea. For a minute, I thought you were saying you had to lock your wife out. No. <laughs> She, she's actually, it's funny because sometimes I'll be sitting in here with headphones on while I'm working, like I'm just listening to something and she'll think I'm on a call and she'll sneak back out and then I'll have to go find her. No, 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 I'm fine. You, know, <laughs> you were good to interrupt me then. <laughs> actually, this is a tip. Don't work from home in your bedroom because if your partner doesn't know that you're on a Zoom call, you can have some embarrassing things with people getting oh, changed. No. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. But one other thing that I'm just going to throw in there is that most of us as freelancers are going to be, well, I don't know if this is actually true, but a lot of people are, you know, they just work on their own, right? They contract for a specific uh, job. And, you know, the only person they have to deal with is their client. But in a lot of cases, you have to deal with several people with your client or you have a team of people that you're a part of or things like that, right? I've seen people do like, and I've had these contracts too, where I was part of a team. And so all of a sudden the communication becomes critical. And it's, if you're not used to having the level of communication you need, that can turn into a real issue. How, how have you dealt with that as far as um, client communication and team communication when you're not actually physically present with them. Um, all right. So actually when you say that, it actually reminds me, I, I didn't say there was a time several years ago when I did briefly work from home um, with an employer rather than in my own business. It was, it was for a short period. And what you're saying is completely true. I actually found that nobody communicated with me whatsoever. In fact, one of my really close colleagues left and nobody actually told me. So it was, it was really hard. No one was uh, communicating with me. And when I called into the office to ask for something, I got treated like I was a customer. I got the customer support line and they (laughs) <laughs> they still nice. spoke to me as though I was a customer and it, it just didn't feel nice. Um, but since I've been working on my own, in my own business, um, I must admit I'm, I'm fairly comfortable communicating with clients via email a lot of the time anyway. And so I send a lot of emails. I guess I type fairly fast and I like to think things through in that medium of writing rather than just blurting things out. Mm -hmm. So I tend to send a lot of emails and I have had clients say to me, Petra, you've sent me too many emails. 
but for the most part it works pretty well and um, it hasn't really been an issue however it has been an issue with regards to working with subcontractors um, you know I've got a virtual team as I discussed in an earlier episode and I've found that to be hard because they're not necessarily used to that level of communication that's needed when you've got a lot of projects going on and the best advice that I can give there is to write everything down as a task even even little things that you just don't think need to be a task turn it into a task and put it on a project management board so that someone is accountable for it and it has to be marked as done or not done yeah yeah uh to that point especially since yeah i'm running my own team as well yeah we have the same thing we basically have we're using notion.so but i mean it's essentially a kanban or trello board and so yeah when stuff needs to be done, it shows up there and gets assigned out. Yeah. Look, I think that Slack is really, really good for real-time chat with your yeah. team member. Yeah. Because if you don't have anything real-time, then you haven't really got that ability to like hash things out. And so obviously I use Zoom all the time as well. Yeah. Um, but having something where they're accountable for actually completing the task is absolutely critical and so actually on that so um so the place that i do that is um some software called monday.com and then the way that i set it up for myself to try to give a bit more um understanding to my clients because i know that they're just getting emails from me a lot of the time um I created customer boards for so each of my clients has a board and i've got an onboarding process where my um admin VA creates this board for me and any tasks that get completed get moved over to that board and I share the board with my client. I don't think they can actually read the internal dialogue on the tasks, but they can certainly see what tasks were completed. So as long as we have a reasonable name for each task, they can see what was completed and when. And that I've had them say that was actually really helpful because they get a, a link to that board every week. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you thought about making a career transition into data analytics? You should check out Springboard's Data Analytics Career Track. It's similar to an online data analytics bootcamp with the difference that a career track follows a project-based learning methodology where students work on real-life projects that employers are interested in. The program's 100% online, and each student is paired with a data analytics expert who provides unlimited one-on-one -on -one mentorship and support throughout the program via video conference calls. Springboard also offers job guarantees for all their career tracks. That means you don't have to pay for the program until you secure a new job in data analytics. Freelancer Show is exclusively offering a scholarship of $500 to interested applicants based in the U.S. or Canada. Make sure to use the code DASpringboard when you enroll. There are only 20 scholarships available, and scholarships are awarded on a first-come, first-served basis. Check if you qualify by applying at devchat.tv slash DAC. The application is free, and it takes 10 minutes. That's devchat.tv slash DAC. That was one thing that I always struggled with with my clients was just, yeah, getting them to look at the board or getting them to look at that stuff. And yeah, that's a really good idea, just giving them that that place to go every week is like, Hey, look, here's, here's your chance to check in essentially. Yeah. And I didn't have to nag them because I would just send them an email automatically through my active campaign. 
And yep. if they chose to click the link, then they chose to. If they didn't want to, no big deal. They'd just delete it. So, yep. um, and then I'd still have a lot of clients that would want to have, say, monthly meetings, especially the ones with bigger accounts. But um, that's all right. I would either see them in person if they were local or would have a Zoom meeting and, and that wasn't a big deal. You know, just also keeping people aware of things that happen periodically that aren't scheduled or part of the project. Like, for example, on one of the clients I just finished, we ended up putting up a website for them so all their users could go and create art and then download it to these uh, drawing tables. And every time we were going to roll the website or add new software or had some downtime, I would write up a little report as to how many minutes downtime we had, what it was for. Mm -hmm. And just that reminder that I was out there doing things, but things were planned, things were under control. It, it was amazing. And to some degree, my communications for like the customer service team and those people was actually better than the people were sitting right next to them. Because I would let those guys know ahead of time that I was going to have some downtime like the next day or in a couple hours. And they're like, oh, we appreciate this so much. So if we get calls, then we'll already know what's going on and we can tell people what's happened. Yeah, I like that. And again, you know, it's, it's down to that communication and things like that. And, and I was talking to, we have one of our co-hosts on Adventures in Angular. He's actually a contractor, but he'd been working in somebody's office. And so he was making this transition too. And um, he felt a little bit distant, you know, and since he's not a regular employee, he doesn't have some of the legal protections that they provide in his country. And so, yeah, that was also something that he was a little bit concerned about. So... When you're all working next to each other in the same office, it can sometimes be people can have too many meetings because they figured that if we want to get some information across, we've got to bring the whole team in. Mm -hmm. When really it might only be necessary for either one person to brief everybody else or some people could just um, discuss something on their own because <laughs> you end up with all these kind of little conversations that aren't relevant for everybody. So I think moving away from a system where everyone's disseminating information through meetings made me a lot more productive. Well, I will tell you that the worst meetings for me were the ones where somebody would walk by my desk while I was in the zone and, hey, Chuck, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, I found that there was a real trade-off in that too. It's like all those meetings and stuff like that, you get, oh, here's the person who makes those great jokes or here's the person who does funny voices and stuff. And so there's a lot of time really wasted each day when you're in the office full time, eight or nine hours a day. But on the other hand, there's some like social goodness to that. When you go and first work from home, it's amazing how much you get done every day. But the other two things are surprising. Number one is how exhausting it is to just literally work a whole day and not have yeah. chit chat and those breaks. And then number two, how you've got to do something else to bring some of that into your life. Otherwise, you're just alone working way more than you thought you were going to be when you're not in the office in those meetings. Yeah, it makes you appreciate the fact that when you're working in corporate, they're actually just paying you to get interrupted all the time. It, it just seems nuts now on the other side, I guess. But I, I used to have a colleague um, at my previous employer who was from the Navy and he would, he was a 
raving extrovert and he was seated right next to me <laughs> and he was responsible for procure, procuring a whole bunch of uh, IT equipment and he would just call up these suppliers and just have chats and he'd be swearing and this, that and the other and really, oh, wow. really loud. <laughs> and so for the first time in my life, I made a $400 investment in a pair of Bose noise cancelling headphones <laughs> in the hope that because I'm not really um, like a techie kind of person. I, I, I normally figure that I don't need those things, but I was just hoping that I would be able to get rid of his the sound of his voice, especially, you know, having someone swear really loudly in front of you definitely jolts you. And at the time I was, um, I was trying to use Pomodoro technique mm-hmm. and I was trying to do a 25 minute Pomodoro with a, like a three minute break. And I remember I was just getting so frustrated because I could never make it to the end of <laughs> a Pomodoro without being interrupted by someone. And I think by the end of it, I was just like, oh, <laughs> I was just so angry. I just gave up on it. <laughs> it might be worthwhile trying again now. <laughs> yeah. I used to work a place where it was um, defense contracting. So you actually legally cannot make your people work free extra time because that would get into like you could lower your bid and make your people work extra time. The government doesn't want to be part of that. So what they would do is they said, okay, look, you can come in and you can work a strong 40. And what they meant by that is all your chit chatting time and, you know, time socializing and stuff that doesn't have to count as work time. You can actually work 40 hours. And I told later in a much larger company, I told one of my friends that, and he's like, oh my goodness. He said, we'd be lucky if anybody puts in a strong 20 around here. And that's so <laughs> true, so true in a big company. So true. <laughs> yeah, my employer was a defense contract and I'm thinking, well, that rule certainly wasn't around um, when I was working there. I actually negotiated to work 35 hours a week instead of 40 because my um, eldest child was only one. And, um, and my manager would, um, kept making these kind of derogatory comments and about me leaving on time. And when I asked him about it, he said, well, we expected you to work 40 hours anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> so he said, he said, what is it with women? Um, if, it's five o'clock, they'll leave on the dot, whereas the men will work later. And I was pretty seething. <laughs> I was not happy with that particular employment situation. <laughs> and and that is a thing when you're when you're working on your own or at home, you do have a bit more control over when you're working. And so you do have the ability to make it fit in with your actual life rather than trying to fit in with what someone else thinks your life should be. Yeah, it's that freedom's interesting. I found I even had to kind of plan, like, did I want my break during the morning or during the evening? Because I found out, oh, I could get up and I could go for a run or something I find really energizing and then do my work and just work a little later or get up and kind of hit it early and then, you know, be done kind of early. But usually I had to kind of go in with a plan one way or another because you know how that gets. If you're busy and you start early, you can end up often working late and then you just can feel so burnt out the next day. Yeah. I, uh, as a, as a self-employed person though, yeah, it was, you know, I never had that issue. It was like, oh, well, I'm working on your stuff. So I'm billing you. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting just to kind of hear that the other way. The other thing that I don't understand so much is the idea that, oh, well, we thought you would just put in the extra time. I mean, that's crazy. I'm sorry. 
if you want my time, pay for it, right? I mean, I worked for companies that I really believed in and I put in extra time and didn't get paid for it because I was exempt from overtime. But once I figured out that the companies care more about their bottom line than they really did care about me, man, it was, all right, well, you're paying me for 40, so I'm out of here at 40. Yeah, I guess that's the type of disenchantment that you feel though before you become a freelancer. Yeah. Whereas someone that enjoys the challenge of moving up the corporate ladder and who's willing to you know, do whatever it takes to get the next rung up might not feel that same feeling of frustration in that situation. I think that's a mix too. Like some people have place a really high value on the long-term relationships, long-term mm-hmm. security you have when you're employed that way. And the other things are just, you know, issues they're willing to put up with or aren't, aren't as bothered by. And then some people, they just really want to be more in charge of how their day goes and, and how the pace of things are. And that's just that for those people, it's just harder to accept one, you're, you're a lot of your time being wasted during the day. And two, things like, well, you know, we have a lot of meetings and things that, that kind of keep you busy and don't really do a lot of work, but we still want you here like an extra five or 10 hours a week. I mean, like, like your case, we want to see you here 40, you agreed to 35 or some places in America is not that uncommon for wanting to see you there 45 or 50, just as a route in your manager, we, oh, banker's hours, you know, it's like, well, nine to five is 40 hours. So yeah, that, that would be a 40 hour week. But I, for some people, it just doesn't sit well with them. True. So any other tips for working from home? Um, I'm trying to think. I tried a bunch of different ways initially to keep myself organized at home. I read, um, oh, I've forgotten the name of the book now. It doesn't matter. But I, I read a, a fairly popular book on keeping yourself organized and it involves writing everything down. Oh, get things done. Uh, yeah, getting things done. Getting things done. Yeah. Um, it involves writing everything down. And I tried the way that they espouse in the book, which is to do a physical way of writing everything down. And mm-hmm. I actually found that really tedious having all these bits of paper everywhere. Um, but I managed to translate the same process into a digital format. So now what I do is I clear my inbox every week. And anything that comes through my email or social media or anything that seems like a task, everything gets written down. And that way I don't feel all the time like things are falling through the cracks. Mm -hmm. I hate things falling through the cracks and it was making me feel stressed earlier uh, when I was working from home. I think just because it's not really a working from home thing. I think it's more just a freelancer thing. You just got a lot of things coming at you, but I just didn't feel like I had a, a place to get all those things down. Um, and so, yeah, I just write everything down, but in a, a digital location and I clear my inbox completely. So then I feel fresh. And then if there's something that isn't high priority, I just file it away in a backlog of tasks and I don't necessarily do it, but at least it's written down. So if I want to do it, I can go and find it. Yep. Yeah, I know for me, one of the big things that helped a lot is um, I found that you've got some clients who they've got a certain drive in terms of driving the schedule and they'll maybe have weekly meetings or status meetings or project plans and they're usually fine. 
And then there's other ones where you send them stuff and they don't necessarily review it or get back to you. I found with clients that are a little more where you're, it's up to you to drive the schedule. You have to stay in touch to find out what's important and in their minds when things are due. And with some people, you really got to keep asking them that and maybe break things down into sub pieces yourself and then set deadlines for things and just kind of developing that ability to project plan yourself for those cases where the clients aren't that organized is really, really helpful and makes them place a lot more value because the ones who can't do it generally really value someone else doing it for them. Oh, for sure. Yep. Yep. Totally different topic, but what do you guys do for food? Hmm. Food? Like when I'm here? Yeah, working from home. What do you do for food? So I personally am on what my wife calls your crazy diet, <laughs> um, which means that I'm, I'm eating ketogenic. And the reason is, is because I'm diabetic. And if I cut back the carbs, then my blood sugar doesn't tend to be nearly as high. So I've got some Quest bars. I could actually lean over and grab them right now. Um, if I lean over the other way, I've got a bag of pistachios right here, but for the most part, the rest of it, I just go downstairs and just grab something out of the fridge. Yeah. That's uh, the reason I asked that is I find that when I'm working from home, I eat quite differently compared to when I'm in an office, when you're, when you're working in an office, it can be quite easy to just run down to the local shop and grab a sandwich or something. Mm -hmm. Whereas at home, I tend to eat a lot of leftovers and try to add salads and all that because it's, it's already in the fridge. Um, but it can also be easy to have snacks. And so some people can't cope with that snacking aspect. It sounds like you've got it sorted out. But what about yourself, Joel? What do you, what do, you do since you've been at home? Oh, man, you hit the nail on the head for me. I'm, I'm like a snacker that will just eat if things are there. So for me, I have to had to learn not to bring desserts into the house because once I start on, you know how those little bags of cookies sometimes come like in a line and you open one bag. Uh-huh. Uh, that's yeah. like a single serving, right? Once you open those, you got to finish yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> that, that's what it says on the package too. Serving size, one sleeve. <laughs> right. Yeah. right oh, well, wait, no, no, no. That's not how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Or a chocolate bar. It says serving size three. And I'm like, who cuts a chocolate bar into three? Does right. anyone, anyone in the world actually do that? It's just so the numbers don't scare you, right? <laughs> there was this great cartoon of this person sitting in their cubicle and reaching up and saying, you know, the bottom line was that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And this person reaches up to the desk in their cubicle and grabs two or three cookies out of this big bag and says, well, a few cookies probably wouldn't kill me and eats them. And then the last pain, last pain suddenly, oh, now I feel strong enough to finish the whole bag. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So back to your question. Anyways, for me, I've just learned over the years, you know, I, I can't have those kind of things in the house. And so for me, eating out is my treat to go have some very flavorful food. So when I'm around, I'm eating very basic things, you know, just like eggs and stuff, eggs and oatmeal for breakfast. And maybe uh, I'll get like a big two or three pound pot roast and do that in the crock pot and slow cook it and then cut up pieces of that and have uh, frozen vegetables and meat or frozen vegetables and fried chicken for lunches. And usually I would try to go out for supper to kind of like 
One thing I really miss about being in the office is just chit chat about technical things. What's coming up? What's going on? What hard problem do you solve? I always found that kind of stuff fascinating and, and fun to talk about. So that's kind of my combination of food treat and some social time for me is usually suppers. Are you stuck at home climbing the walls when you should be hanging out with the community at the latest conference to get canceled? Are you wondering where to hear your JavaScript heroes like Amy Knight and Douglas Crockford and Chris Heilman? After the cancellations, I decided to put on a JavaScript conference for you online. I invited my favorite folks from around the web and got them to come speak at an online event just for you. Go to jsremoteconf.com and check out our speakers and schedule. The conference is on May 14th and 15th. The call for proposals is open until March 31st. Come join us at an online conference that we guarantee will keep you safe and keep you informed. jsremoteconf.com. I'm a snacker too, so I try to make sure that I have healthy things around. Mm -hmm. And um, because the shops aren't, like I've got to physically get up and drive to the shops now because I'm in the suburb. Um, that's a real deterrent, whereas before I was working right in the centre of town and I could just go downstairs and there'd be heaps of food venues. So um, one thing that I do with regards to snacks is I really like chocolate, but I do not want to be eating chocolate regularly. So um, what I do is I buy blocks of 90%, um, the 90% cacao chocolate. So mm -hmm. it's really bitter. And I find that just one or two pieces of that, like if I just nibble on it really slowly, it actually lasts me ages because it's so bitter anyway. I just can't wolf it down like you can a sweet one. <laughs> you, like chocolate you don't like. <laughs> oh, no. Do you know, I do like it. The, the taste of it has grown on me. At first, I was like, ooh, this is horrible. But the taste of it's grown on me. But I, I have found that you can't, like... <laughs> I don't know if you, if you have sweet snacks around, it's just easy to grab for them. And then half an hour later, you want another one. Oh yes. Whereas I just find the 90% chocolate satisfying without me having to abandon liking chocolate in a way. So yeah. Something like you um, eat it and you know, you're done. Like it's, it's kind yeah, of, yeah. yeah. And then um, my partner started working from home as well and he started making himself hot chocolates and things at home, which is a bit of a treat really because I know the coffee run used to be a, a – people would spend a lot of money on coffees in the office because that's how everyone's socialising. So and personally I don't drink coffee, but I felt like I was left out of – social time sometimes because everyone would go down for a coffee and that would be, I think it's like the replacement for cigarettes. It used to be cigarettes. That would be the thing. And now it's coffees. And here in Adelaide, we have quite a lot of gourmet coffee places. So people just go down and get coffees. Um, so having a, um, we've actually got a coffee machine at home for my partner, but he starts making hot chocolates now and using that machine. So you know, speaking of coffee, what do you guys do for that part of the day? You know, it's so classic after lunch and then you get that sagging energy around two or three o'clock. Do you guys have a food or drink thing you do or don't you experience that? Oh, I get it. I get the 2.30s every day. I, I don't know if that's the technical name for it, but that's what I call it because that's when it Mine's ends. at three o'clock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll just grab a diet soda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm better now, actually. It's... 
it's really bad when you feel like that when you're programming because it's hard to concentrate when you feel like that. And when I was, I was pregnant when I was last working and that three o'clock for me was such a slump time. I was working full time and a few times I went out to have a little nap in my car for 30 minutes and then I actually <laughs> fell asleep like really solidly oh, no. and then <laughs> my colleagues were like where are you you've got lost because I was on a defense base um out in the middle of whoop whoop and there were just all these like potholes everywhere and um there was a really large base and I'll just be asleep in my car it was really embarrassing actually when I woke up an hour and a half later once but um no at home I I don't have naps or anything anymore um I actually take quite a bit of um vitamin b uh-huh. and um I found that if I take vitamin b regularly it keeps me fairly wakeful um, I actually had a problem where I didn't realize that, but I was given uh, a medicinal dose of um, vitamin D, reg- um, sorry, vitamin B regularly by a doctor for a particular condition. And I didn't realize it, but the amount of vitamin B in it was actually really high. Um, it, the, um, the B6 in it was the equivalent of 25 Barocas. <laughs> And I didn't realize it was that high, but um, I actually found that I had so much energy that I actually used that excess energy to um, ruminate and stress a lot. So I found that I was getting really nervous. So I don't recommend taking too much vitamin B. (laughs) You can get really nervous from it, but um, as long as you have some every day I find that that stops those kind of afternoon lulls so just having having something regularly helps have we covered everything from working from home (laughs) I can't Uh, think of any other topics yeah I can't either yeah I think uh, the only thing I could add is the uh, the wonder of conference calls so it's amazing what your microphone picks up that you might not realize. <laughs> and so for a while I was um, learning guitar and I had an electric guitar and unplugged an electric guitar just makes tiny little tink tink sounds. I mean, you can barely hear it, right? But apparently a lot of microphones are very, very receptive to those, those higher pitch sounds. And so I'd be on long conference calls and I'd just be running some scales or something like that. And I know one of the senior people on the team, he's like, all right, Elvis, you got to learn to mute your mic. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other one that would get me on occasion is I had this cat who it took her about a few months to figure out what the working from home thing was because I had been going to the office all the time. And then she figured out like, oh, I'm going to be right there. And so I had to get a little stool for her that was right about like um, waist high. So she was sitting like right next to me, like another person. And she would sit on that stool the entire eight hours while I worked. (laughs) But when I got up and would walk around and start talking on the phone, she wanted to know what I was doing. So she would meow, not real persistently, but just once in a while. And the same guy, he, uh, he's, he's uh, listened to this a little bit. And he's like, somebody feed that cat. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I got caught on a couple times just with, you know, you don't realize like you're just used to the noises in your own house. You don't think anything of it. But especially if the other people are like in an office or in a meeting room or a conference room, they're around with nothing but just walls and all this boring stuff. Just a cat or a few guitar sounds <laughs> sounds so interesting and will catch their attention. The number of times my cat has interrupted a Zoom meeting, it's, it's like she emerges when I'm on Zoom. <laughs> and... My cat is, it's what, we've got this saying with her. She's always on the wrong side of the door. Yes. It doesn't matter which door it is. She, she'll just sit there and meow and meow and meow and meow until you open the door. And she's got a cat <laughs> flap. She does have a cat flap, but she will still pick a door nearest to where she thinks that you'll hear her. And um, one time I was right in the middle of closing a sale and we were at the point where we were just about to do the agreement. And then she was like walking across my desk, meowing at me. And then she, um, she fell off my desk and there was this crash <laughs> and a very embarrassed cat, I must say. But I think that one actually helped because the two of us were so shocked and started laughing and then it cleared the ass a bit and she's like yeah let's go ahead <laughs> the number of times I've had to interrupt meetings and run off to let the cat out has just too many times to count yeah we'll have to see I mean that's the, the cats are fun to have around we'll have to see how this turns out but because of the the kind of virus shutdown uh, my wife is actually looking at um, doing a foster of a pregnant cat with kittens to raise them up till the kittens are old enough to be adopted. So we'll see if this works out or not. But uh, in the next few weeks, I may be buried in cats over here. So, oh, wow. If we suddenly hear you scream, we'll know a kitten has just attached itself to your ankle while you're speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That thing they do where they see you and run up your pants legs. Yeah. <laughs> I... I can't really identify because I'm allergic to cats. And so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're missing out on some joy and some pain. Oh, yes, I'm sure. Anyway, I've got to jump off in like eight minutes, so we should probably get to picks. Great. Um, okay. Petra, why don't you start us off with picks? Yeah, so this week um, I've been using a tool online called Canva. I previously had a freelance graphic designer that helped me with social media images, mm -hmm. but I just found that for, you know, my business is quite small. I was finding it a bit too expensive. So I created some templates on Canva and it's actually really easy to use. And I'm just whipping up. Uh, it's probably not the kind of thing that I want to do long-term just because it takes time away. But at the moment I don't have a lot of billable work anyway with all this COVID stuff. So I've just been creating things on Canva and it's been so simple and I've been pretty pleased with what I've been able to put together with it. Nice. Joel, what are your picks? For me, uh, when I first got started in contracting, uh, just before I did it, I, somebody recommended this book that was very, very helpful to me because it helped me see that being a really good programmer was only one piece of what I'd have to do as a freelancer, you know, running your own business, doing billing, keeping track of project management, all those other things that normally a company did for you, you were now going to have to do on yourself. And the book that really kind of gave me the best mental picture of this and even had little org chart kind of pictures of, you know, you filling all the boxes and stuff to kind of help bring the reality home was called The E-Myth. And I believe the author was Michael Gerber. 
Mm-hmm. And it's funny, the, the book was like really, really big time. And I looked online and you can't even find the original book. It's gone a little bit like chicken soup for the soul, where now there's chicken soup for like 50 different souls, but the original one's kind of gone. It looks like the e-myth is now like e-myth for freelancers, e-myth for, you know, um, dry cleaners. There's e-myths for all these different uh, e- uh, types of fields, but I think one of them is for freelancing now. So it's gotten probably more specific than it used to be back in the day. But that book was a really great eye opener, especially if you're thinking about doing this and you've never done anything independent before, never run any business side of anything. Terrific book. Absolutely. I think it's called book. E-Myth Revisited now. Yes. Yeah, they have E-Myth Revisited now. Um, that's the one that I've read and the one that I've listened to. And he talks about like the pie shop owner and yeah, good book. Um, so I'm going to throw out a couple of things. Um, Joel's pick got me thinking. So I did an episode recently on react roundup. Um, I think this week as we record this, it got published to JavaScript jabber, but uh, I did a conversation with my friend Manny and he, he does book summaries. And then he sells packages of book summaries, right? And one of his packages is entrepreneurship. And it has E-Myth and a bunch of others in there that talk about how to run a business and systemize a business and, uh, you know, all kinds of different things like that. Um, Different systems you may want to consider putting into your business. Um, And it's been terrific. So I am going to share (laughs) the link that we set up, um, even though it's for the other show. And if you're looking for sort of distilled wisdom from a whole bunch of these books. And I've read like half the books and they are, they are awesome. Um, it's devchat.tv slash hustle. And he gave me a coupon code for the other show. And so don't tell Manny. Um, if you use the code hustle, I think you get like 40% off. And uh, anyway, so I'm just going to put that out there. Also, um, over the next few weeks on the mailing list, I'm going to be, you know, cause things have slowed down, you know, Petra mentioned that, you know, some of her clients have backed off what they're having her do. Um, I've, I'm seeing a whole bunch of people in a position where they, you know, they got laid off, right? The uh, unemployment numbers, at least what we're hearing in the U.S. have gone through the roof. Um, hopefully, before too long, things can kind of come back and some of these companies can go back to the people they had to lay off and say, okay, I think we're okay. We're going to hire you back, you know, and same thing with clients, right? It's like, okay, we're ready to ramp back up. Um, but if not, I think this is a really, really interesting opportunity for people to go find opportunities, right? So for some of those folks, it's an opportunity to go see if there's something better out there in the job market. But that's not this show, right? This is a different show. But as freelancers, we also have the opportunity to maybe write a book. Um, and so I'm going to recommend a system that I use called um, self-publishing school. And uh, I, I paid for it. I went through their program. I published a book. So, I mean, we have that going for us um, and it's, it's pretty awesome. I think the entrepreneurship thing, right? If freelance isn't working for you, maybe you look at another opportunity to solve a problem and have a product out there that solves it. I mean, there are all kinds of opportunities. There are opportunities to start a podcast or a, uh, some other series, you know, and do the content marketing. I think Petra talked about that when we were talking about it last time. But I mean, I mean, you, you, this is an opportunity, right? You have this time open. So what can you do to strengthen your business so that when things come back, you're in a good place? And so um, I'm just going to go ahead and recommend those and just recommend that people think about that. And okay, what can I be doing? So um, I'll put a, I, I'm going to put an affiliate link in for self-publishing school. 
Um, I, I really loved what I got from it, but I also want to just be transparent. It's a, it's an affiliate link and I'll get a kickback if you buy it. Um, another one that I'm also going to throw out there is also a system that I purchased and I'm using right now. It's called Course Creator Pro. And that also I'm going to put an affiliate link in. And so um, if you click on either of those, I get a kickback. Uh, my sponsorships have slowed down too. And so I'm looking at some of this stuff as well. So anyway, um, those are my picks. Uh, Self-publishing school, Course Creator Pro. And then if you go to devchat.tv slash hustle and use the code hustle, then you can get all those book summaries for like 40% off. Great. All right. Anything else that we need to go over before we wrap up? That covers it for me. Yeah. No, everything good here. All right. Well, uh, thanks for having this conversation with me. And uh, yeah, until next time, everyone, Max out. Have a good one. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.